Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am James Thomas. Today is Tuesday, October the 24th, 2023. It is the 29th Tuesday in Ordinary Time, also the feast day of St. Anthony Mary Claret. And today's reading is from the gospel according to St. Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, Gird your loins and light your lamps and be like servants who await their master's return from a wedding, ready to open immediately when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds vigilant on his arrival. Amen, I say to you, he will gird himself, have them recline at table, and proceed to wait on them. And should he come in the second or third watch, and find them prepared in this way, blessed are those servants." So this is the reading that the church chooses to do at wake services. In this reading, we are given two very radical extremes. I'd like to pick it apart just a little bit. There's always a wedding. (laughs) This is the thing. I mean, I don't want to say it's like the thing that God loves the most, but I guess you could say that when you identify all the components here. God made us so that he could love us and be one with us. The imagery used in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation is that of a wedding banquet. God wants to marry us. It's not enough that we are his children. Being his children is amazing and wonderful and it's fantastic. We are children of God. It's where we start, especially when we choose him, especially when we're baptized. But he wants us to have a spousal relationship with him. So the master is all about weddings. When Jesus is dying on the cross, he says it is consummated. The last book of the Bible is traditionally called the apocalypse. The apocalypse means we always think, oh, it's Armageddon, it's end of the world. Even the word Armageddon, we could discuss what that means exactly. It has to do with the place that they're fighting which is very much connected to where Jesus died, where the people of God lived. But the word apocalypse means consummation of the wedding. It's part of the ceremony in Jewish wedding rites. So the master is returning from a wedding. The master is all about weddings and he wants to marry us. However, we have to start somewhere here. And so we start as his servants. You know why we're his servants? Because we've chosen, like the prodigal son in the first part of the story, we've chosen to make ourselves servants when actually we started as children, sons and daughters, and the goal is to become a spouse. But sin takes us out of the family. Sin separates us, so we become servants. But the master is returning to us, to his servants. And it says he returns in the second or third watch. Second watch is 9 p.m. to midnight. That's, you know, I guess, yeah, when a typical wedding is done, people are returning at that time. Maybe it was an especially fun wedding. And he returns in the third watch, which is from midnight to 3 a.m. So just to give us a little bit of perspective, typically a servant working at someone's mansion is getting ready for bed at that point. And they figure, you know what? If the master comes home at midnight, and especially if they're drunk, uh, I'm in bed. They can figure it out. 
So Jesus gives us one extreme or the other. Either we remain the servants, and of course, this is written in different ways in different places. He talks about beating the servants that are not prepared. So there will be great suffering if we are not prepared. Like I say, it's one extreme or the other. Or if we are waiting for him because we don't know when he's coming back, maybe the second watch, maybe the third watch. Typically, master's not coming back in the fourth watch between 3 and 6 a.m. That would have to be quite a wedding. And uh, yeah, there's something else going on there if they're coming home that late. As we know, any of us that have ever come home that late, there was something else going on. It wasn't just simply a fun night (laughs) if we're not getting back till after 3. So he uses these hours to say we have to be vigilant because our good master is coming from the wedding. And he says, blessed are those who are waiting for me. Blessed. This is a strong word in biblical terms. Blessed are those. Blessed is the womb that bore you, Jesus. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. How is it that the mother of my Lord should come to me? This is a strong word. It says a lot about Mary, and it says a lot about the servants who are waiting for the master's return, who are vigilant, waiting up for the master, And it says he will then wait on them. That is unheard of. That does not happen. In fact, if the master's friends found out about that, they would probably insult him for that. What are you doing waiting on your servants? Have you lost your mind? Have you lost your dignity? But this is what God does. He comes and he dies on a cross for us. So there's two extremes and he says we must be vigilant. If we are vigilant, think about it. One extreme is hell. What puts us in hell? Unrepentant mortal sin. Okay, we could talk about that a different day, talking about moral teachings and all the uh, nitty-gritty that has to go with that. But let's talk about this other extreme. Simply being vigilant. Now, like I said, it goes beyond the typical vigilance of the typical servant because, yeah, by 9 p.m. they're getting ready for bed. But it means consistency. We are vigilant. We're not, I don't know, we're we're not doing anything that great, that heroic. We're just being vigilant. The master does all the work. The master's at the wedding. Now the master's going to serve the servant. The master does the work. And ultimately, this is referring to heaven. And Jesus will take us there. And Jesus will wait on us for all eternity And what do we have to do? Be vigilant. Why is it so hard to be vigilant? Just give you some examples of vigilance. I don't know. This is the things that these are the things that go through my crazy head. I mean, of course, in jobs, you know, bosses watch their employees. They're vigilant. Supervisors are attentive, sometimes a little bit, sometimes a lot, sometimes not at all. The more they trust their workers, They let go more and more. There's more and more leeway. Peter is the keeper of the keys. Why? Because the Lord trusts him. Even though he showed himself on occasion not to be trustworthy, still he gives him the keys because he trusts him. The keeper of the keys is a reference to business. I think about angels and demons. If we fully understood this, I bet you we would act differently. 
both angels and demons, especially the ones assigned to us, watch us endlessly, extremely vigilant, watching. Imagine them right next to your face and watching your moods. You're trying to read your thoughts. Angels and demons cannot read our mind unless we invite them in. I recommend not ever inviting demons in. I recommend highly inviting your guardian angel in and the other good angels so that they can help you better, do more for you. But they watch you attentively. You know what your guardian angels are doing right now? They're right there staring at you with big smiles on their faces because they love you so much. And I bet you they're kissing you endlessly, but you can't feel it because they're invisible. But they love you and they want, they're, they're getting ready your place in heaven and they're trying to guide you through this life. They want you to talk to them. They want you to be in communication with them so that they can guide you safely into the arms of the Father. The angels are watching you. The demons are also right there next to you watching you. Watching for your moods, watching to see what will best tempt you, watching for your weaknesses, watching for your slip-ups. They want to tempt you, but when you fall, they want to accuse you as if they had nothing to do with it. The demons are so attentive and it's horrifying. I dealt with a situation years ago of some people that were into witchcraft and they were purposely harassing me for a couple of months and they would come and find a place that was near where I was working and they would stare and it was horrifying. It's horrifying even now to think about and that, but that's the reality. The demons are ever watchful. So we have to not be afraid, but with loving, confident trust the trust of children and their loving parents. Just keep praying to our angels, praying to Jesus, praying to the Blessed Mother, wearing blessed objects, praying regularly, consecrating ourselves to Jesus through Mary. We have every reason to be confident in the love of God, even with demons being so attentive. Another example of great attentiveness, and we laugh about this, those of us that are dog lovers, um, Dogs, sometimes dogs love to just come and stare at you, especially if you are the master. They stare. This is a great image for how attentive we are to be to our master, this parable that the Lord has given us. I had my sister actually had this one dog where I couldn't just lay on the floor. Sometimes I would like to lay on the floor in my parents' living room and watch a movie. I would lean against one of the chairs. And this dog would come over and sit right next to me and just stare directly into my face the entire movie. Every once in a while, lick my face. But I said to my mom one day, I said, why is he staring at me? And she said, yeah, he's kind of a strange dog. But we loved him. (laughs) And we cuddled with him and everything. We would pet him endlessly, but he would stare. And I read something about that recently. They said they stare because they're, just like the angels and the demons, they're trying to judge your moods and your inner movements because they want to be good servants to their masters. They want to love us best. They want to be there for us when we're sad. They want to rejoice with us when we are happy. So anyway, just a couple little thoughts there on vigilance. God does the work, but we need to be ready. In the lives of the saints, sometimes they're doing these incredible things. Sometimes they're not, though. Sometimes it's just about vigilance. It's just about them being faithful, being obedient, being present. I think of uh, Juan Diego. What did he do? 
<laughs> I'm thinking of a priest that sometimes says, hey, what did he do? Anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But what did Juan Diego do? He received visions from the Blessed Mother. He told the bishop about it. Mary did all the work. She performed the miracles. Jesus actually threw Mary, but okay. The bishop believed. The people, therefore, believed. Juan Diego was the messenger. And then he became a hermit where he guarded the tilma from Our Lady of Guadalupe till the end of his days. He was a hermit. He just lived right there next to where the tilma was. People came all day. I was in that little chapel, and it's amazing. So powerful. But he lived right there. People came to visit the tilma. He was a hermit living right there. His cell was right next to the altar, and the, the tilma was up on the, the, the center of the altar. He was attentive. He was attentive to Our Lady and her image. He was attentive to the people. Brother Andre, another one, very, very humble man. God performed so many miracles through him, and he didn't even take credit for any of them. He just turned everybody to Joseph. But he was the doorkeeper. He spent his life as a doorkeeper for the religious community, and he was just attentive. He was attentive to the people. He was attentive to the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and he connected the two. The doorkeeper was his job, but it's also a great analogy for what he did. God tells us to be ready, to be attentive. St. John of the Cross used to preach a lot about how to get to heaven and all the sacrifices involved, but his main message was, and this is written in many places, we will, through perseverance, through patience and perseverance, we will save our souls. We will win. I mean, we, we don't earn it, but God will be able to give us his grace if we are just persevering. We are not the Savior. We don't have to do great things. Of course, this is the message of St. Therese as well. But little things with great love, to do our duty, to be faithful, to be attentive, and God will do amazing things through us. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's continue to pray for each other as we strive not to give up, but to be attentive to our Lord, his love, his grace, his mercy, his salvation and to receive all of it uh, as he wants to give it to us. Have a great day. God bless you.